Welcome to Seducing Aliveness. We're so glad you're here for show number 85, Releasing Control of the Drama Triangle. And I am Jen Halterman here with Tamara Yonker. Hi, Tamara. Wow, 85 already. <laughs> no, it goes right? quickly when you have a show five days a week, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It's <laughs> kind of fun. I have been fun. It sure is. And it just keeps on growing. It just kind of, I don't know, it's got its own life for now, that's for sure. For <laughs> sure. Like, okay, next we're going to go down this pathway. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. We're just along for the ride. How's it getting better? <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. And boy, what a ride we've been on with the drama triangle this week. Or the mm. three faces of victim or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter what you call it. We're just talking about it. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. And today I really love that we are looking at the control aspect and releasing control of the drama triangle. Yesterday we started to really kind of invite people into just changing their engagement with it just a little bit and being able to have a different perspective instead of focusing so much on the victim, villain, and hero. And so I'm I'm happy to be talking about the control aspect. It's it deserves some attention, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so pervasive, <laughs> like most everything <laughs> we talk about. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, so, all right. When we look at this topic and we look at the, all right, releasing control of the drama triangle, what comes up? Like, which which angle gets your attention? Because I know that different people is, have said, wait, so we are controlling the triangle? I thought the control or the triangle was controlling us. And I thought that's what we were letting go. And so I think that we've kind of hinted to a different angle of this particular conversation. And so I'm wondering what this particular thing brings up from your point of view. And then I'll talk about mine. Yeah, well, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm sure there's many angles we could come at this with, but the first thing that comes to mind is something we hinted at a few shows ago. I don't remember what day earlier this week it was, but how this drama triangle relates to our identity and our value. And um, we spend a lot of time and effort and energy fortifying our identity, Um, especially if you haven't quite given up uh, right, wrong, good, bad, positive, negative, either or, <laughs> the things we hacked a few weeks ago, if if you're still really invested in people perceiving you a certain way or requiring, um, it's like, you know, judge, judgment is a funny thing that we use to feel good about ourselves or feel bad about ourselves. And if we're still using judgment as a way to evaluate what kind of person we are, you know, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Am I getting it right? Am I fucking up? Am I making mistakes? Am I a failure? Am I um, successful because I have status? If we're still using all of that to have a sense of well-being, in other words, being dependent upon something other than simply our own knowing, um, then this is where we can get really invested in controlling the triangle because we're using the positions on the triangle and we're using the people that play the other roles on our triangle with us to continue to fortify that identity, to continue to have us uh, feel a certain way about ourselves. And we talked a little bit about this, like, um, you know, if status is important or if, um, being the trophy parent is important. If I can, you know, walk around and say, look, I'm the hero. Look how I save people from X, Y, or Z. Then you're actually controlling your the triangle because you need it. It's like it's become part of uh, the structure by which you orient yourself in the world, how you, how you consider yourself relative to others and how you consider yourself relative to... Um, your, your place on the triangle. It's it's a really it's it's a really interesting thing to start looking at and unpacking is how you'll actually use it, um, 
and, and become dependent on it. See, that's the thing about control, is that which we believe we need to control, we are dependent upon. I'm going to say that again, because that doesn't always stick with people the first time. That which we believe we need to control, we are actually dependent upon. It has to go, that's the whole point of control. It has to go a certain way so that I can have a certain result or outcome so that I can feel a certain way, so that I can avoid a certain thing. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy, but this is, this is all interdependent. And um, I, you know, <laughs> like trying to hold a bunch of beach balls underwater. Eventually, something is going to get out of control, and then we spend our life putting out fires. You know, uh-oh, 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 this is out of control. I better run over there and put out that fire. Uh-oh, 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 that's out of control. I better run over there and put that out of fire. And that's what I mean by expending enormous amounts of energy and effort t- trying to control the triangle, the people that we're, inv- we're, we're enlisting to play on it with us, and how we um, fortify ourselves. Like, like the, oddly enough, when I was doing uh, victim. I was very much in a position of because I talked about the 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 dungeon of despair, <laughs> my dungeon of despair, <laughs> and how I could how I I used the metaphor in an elevator. Like I was like, okay, I'm in a place that's not familiar. I need to go back into that comfy, cozy, soothing space. Oddly enough, the dungeon of despair was soothing for me. So I would walk up to the elevator and press the button that said basement, and it would take me right down to the dungeon of despair, and I'd be like. <gasps> Ah, now that's more like it. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, because that was comfortable and familiar, it was a soothing place for me to be. It was where I found relief. And mm-hmm. so I had to actually control my environment in order to be able to constantly go into that dungeon of despair and find the soothing relief I was seeking. It's it's really <laughs> weird. I don't even know if in in an hour we can really unpack this in a way that people are going to get how how sneaky this is. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I love all of that. And you said such amazing things that really do reveal that what we're controlling, you know, what we feel we need to control, we are actually dependent upon. Like when we put that validation out external world, we will control where that validation is coming from, who gets to see it, who it's exposed to. There's so many things. And the there's so many different aspects about, okay, this is going on on the triangle. This is the drama created. I'm going to go put out the fires. They are playing out the drama, but I am putting out the fires. I'm not engaged in the triangle. However, if those players aren't creating the fires that keep you distracted from your life because you're always putting out their fires, now what are you going to do? Most likely you're going to find another fire starter so that you have fires put out. And uh, some people actually use that, oh, I'm the one managing all they create because they're the troublemakers. Look at me. I'm not on the drama triangle. I'm just managing all they create. That is one of the ways that control comes in in a really sneaky bitch kind of way. And so – there's so many ways that we can go at this, and, and it's true. I don't know how we're going to unpack it in an hour, so I hope it gets really clear. But for me, what comes up when I look at control is people who use control to um, manage the perception of the triangle. So one of the forms of control that I'm really, I don't know, I just think that I was um, – marinated in the ability to see what was going on is the crazy makers. So there can be crazy makers. And by crazy maker, I just refer to somebody who will go in, create a situation that needs to be addressed and then watch as everybody tries to fix what they actually created while they step out and look like they're so innocent. And then they come in with the solution and they can come in and play different roles on the triangle But meanwhile, they're controlling the engagement of everyone. Mm -hmm. So they create the crazy. There's the solution to crazy. But what they do is they are the really control freaks of enlistment. They control the enlistment. They'll drop the hint of, oh, 
so maybe your grandma would have an answer to your financial problem, and then they step out. And guess what? Grandma gets contacted to be the hero to rescue the problem, da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, but they're the ones on the outskirts, kind of almost like orchestrating the triangle. That's one of the things yeah. of control that I think people really – it's like this passive-aggressive bullshit way of looking like they're not playing the game, but they're totally playing the game. Mhm. Mhm. It it in one way it's like always having the answer for everything. When you say when you talk about or- orchestrating, it's like it's like literally having it's as if you're the uh, puppet master and you've decided everything that everyone should do and how everyone should interact mm-hmm. and how that should look and like like and if any of it goes oh, uh, sideways at any point that you're going to get in there and get it back into order. It's the need, I mean, order and control are kind of uh, hand-in-hand to some degree. Not that order is always mm-hmm. control, but um, control, people who are control freaks can, can enlist order. And everyone has a place in it. It's Everyone has their place on the triangle. and Everyone has their, you know, you should do this and you should do that. And, and, and that's a lot mm-hmm. of times where people get their status from. You know, right. like I'm, uh, I'm, as a, as a puppet master, I have great status because I see what everybody needs. I see what everyone should do. I have the answers for everything. Um, it's and again, it's it's kind of fortifying the identity. One of the things that it, there was a question in the chat room. I said, well, here's one example of what I used to do. As I sh- shared yesterday, I was really invested in what other people would think of me. And the one thing I didn't want them to think of me was that I was weak because I judged my mother as a victim. And I was like, I will never be like her. So I couldn't ever be perceived as a doormat or weak or, and then I turned into a closet victim. But so in public, I had a persona, persona that I had, that I, you know, it was always that I was strong, that I was impenetrable, the ice queen, you know, people, you can't fuck with me. And, um, and it was a little bit on the edge of bully and, um, you know, stuff like that. And that was an identity that I had to fortify continually by, uh, like, because I, I had a very strong judgment about how people could perceive me. You could never perceive me as weak because I judged weak as a victim and a doormat and someone who was always being taken advantage of, like my mother, and I was like, I will never be like that. So I was controlling my interactions with people rather than being authentic, rather than being uh, sincere, rather than just showing up in whatever way was true for me at the moment. I was always trying to control situations and control other people's mm-hmm. points of view about me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like kicking a beehive and watching the chaos, knowing that I, I, I don't want to kick it, but everybody else is trying to establish yes. peace. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so here's, and here's the place that I have heard back a lot of feedback is, how do you know when you're not on the triangle? Like, wait a minute. So watching, watching the drama is good or is it bad? Like people are trying to find the correct thing to do so that they can stop doing the wrong thing, which is a drama triangle. And here's what I have to say about that. It's not wrong. It's a choice. It is a choice, and it's not wrong. Now, if you find that it is troublesome for you, you might want to choose something differently. But it's not about that. So here's, here's the one thing that I will say. How do you know what is your attachment to what's going on? What I mean by that is you are attached. If you have... A personal um, emotional response. If you go into judgment with what's going on in the triangle, you're on. You're engaged in it somehow. You're playing with it somehow. If you're watching and it and it's just an observation, you're not really attached. You're not playing that game. So, for example, and this is an example that I use really to keep my to check myself. Okay. If I need some alone time, if I know Jen needs a timeout because I'm going to, you know, I can feel the bitch rearing up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this everybody else's fault, then I will say I need to go and I just need to, you know, be with me for a while. Now, if I do that and I say, now you need to behave this way because I'm going to go have time for me and you need to behave this way because I'm going to have time for me and this is how you need to do it, how you need to be a part of me having time for me, I'm not disengaging. I'm just using me going away as a control mechanism of other people. 
If I say to somebody, okay, another example, I'm going to give a gift. Giving a gift and saying, here you go, here's $1,000, do with it as you will. And then I go back to living my life and I have zero attachment and zero concern. And when I see that they spend it on uh, Pokemon cards, I go, awesome. Like, okay, maybe they spent that money there. I don't know. It doesn't even blip my radar. I'm not attached to it. But if I say, I'm going to give you a gift, here's $1,000. Here's what you need to do with it. Here's what I'm going to judge if you don't do what, this with it. On and on and on. I'm, I'm giving that gift from the, the triangle because I'm attached to it. Mm-hmm. That's the Those clue. are great. So I'm all great checking. Yeah, like that for myself. I don't know how you check yourself, but that's how I check myself. I'm always like, wait a minute, do I give a damn? Nope, I don't. Okay, like you know, because I I don't have an attachment to what they're doing, and that's how I know I'm not on triangle. It doesn't mean I'm not watching whatever is going on in the world. It doesn't mean I don't care, but it means I'm not attached. I'm not feeling engaged. I'm not feeling a connection to it. I'm not feeling at the effect of it. Okay? So that's how I am. That's the awareness that I play with. Yeah, and I I would say eventually, it, you know, if you practice this enough, then you're actually beginning to live in that space of allowance, and it doesn't even occur mm-hmm. to you to jump back on the triangle. It doesn't even occur to you to control anything anymore. I mean, uh, as a uh, a control freak of magnitude, like seriously, controlling everything, 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 because when you feel that you're living at the effect of everything, then you have to control everything, which keeps you dependent on everything, which keeps you living at the effect of it, which keeps you trying to control it, which keeps, like, it's this closed circuit, Right. right? And and so getting off the triangle was my first I- I- experience of like space of like, oh wow, what's this like? Like I don't have to get in there and um, you know trying to figure out what to do to control any given situation, be attached to what happens, and then trying to control it into the way that you want it to happen. Uh, those were some great examples of being on the triangle. And eventually, my experience has been eventually you're just you're not invested anymore. Like you live in that space of allowance and it becomes more of a uh, presence instead of like trying to maneuver and manipulate every little thing in your landscape. You're just, it's like, to me, it's the difference between going out into, I live in a very natural landscape. I live in the foothills and I don't have a lawn and I don't have any landscaping and I go outside and there's weeds. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. everything's just pretty much growing however it wants to and I'm not trying to control the landscape. Um, that's that's a little bit of what it's like. It's like you're just in allowance of what everybody's choosing, what they're doing. If you're in a, you know, say, say uh, for example, I go and spend Thanksgiving with my family um, and you're just kind of watching the whole thing, and you're like, wow, look at that person do that, and that person do that, and and, and everything's just kind of like, um, I'm not in there trying to control it anymore. Like if I see somebody start getting upset, if my sister's getting upset with my father or my father's getting upset with my sister, I'm not in there trying to intervene and make it better. I'm just watching the whole thing, and I'm just like, huh, look at all these people on the triangle, and it just, it's just watching the landscape instead of trying to control it, because my well-being is no longer dependent on any of that. My well-being is no longer dependent on any of that. So, I, I mean, I had um, uh, somebody asked me the other day, um, I was just sharing something that occurred in my life, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, my boyfriend got really pissed off about blah, blah, blah. And kind of decided to be pissed off for the rest of the day. And she says, well, what do you do when he gets pissed off? And I'm like, (laughs) for me to do. (laughs) You know, he wants to be pissed off. He wants to have that experience. That's his choice. Like, it's not my job to change his experience or be responsible for his experience or try and make him feel better. And she was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. If he wants to be pissed off, I said, it doesn't impact me. Like, I can still choose happy and, you know, have all kinds of delightful experience, even though he wants to be pissed off. And I think a lot of people, their well-being is dependent upon their circumstances, their their surroundings, and the people. And are, are people upset? Are they pissed off? Or what's going on with them? And then i got to get in there and do something about it. That's part yep. of controlling the triangle. 
It's part of controlling the triangle. Instead of just letting people have the experience they're having, that doesn't mean you can't ask a question if you want. You know, somebody's worrying, 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 worrying. One of my favorite questions is, does that help? <laughs> just a question. Does that help? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not, I'm not, it's just, it's just an inquiry, right? Sometimes it, it, it has a person stop and think about, well, is it actually helping or isn't it? So I might ask questions, but I'm not in there trying to change anything because I think, oh, he'll be much happier if I can get him out of his, his uh, pissed offness. Who am I to say that? Mm-hmm. Again, it's back It's back in that superior role that I've decided, um, you know, what's good for everybody else. It right. just eventually becomes something you can just be with, with total allowance, and it doesn't impact you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the, the, a bit, well, uh, uh, I would say the driving motivation for trying to control the triangle is to have a sense of well-being that you can't seem to have otherwise. <clears throat> yep. Ooh, I love that. I think that's really good. Yeah, if you've got that, this has to be going this way or else I'm not okay, that's, that's the control piece coming up. And one of my favorite pieces that you, you hit on that I wanted to go there, so it's perfect, um, is if you're attached to other people's involvement on the drama triangle, you're playing the oh, control yeah. game. Yeah. So one is one thing you'll notice is as you start getting into this, there will be the superior people that are like, I don't know that they're like elevated and they, oh I don't do drama. But when somebody gets in drama, they're the first to point it out, to judge them, to call them on it, whatever it is. Instead of going, well, awesome, what's going on there? What are you doing? What are you creating? Like really, just like. Okay, so you're choosing to be in drama right now. What do you do with this? You know, like, is this working for you? In, be the invitation of awareness instead of telling them what they're doing that you have decided they shouldn't be doing. And that is one of the pieces that, boy, I was, in the community I was in that we went through this so much, it became like using the drama triangle as a weapon. It'd be like, oh, nice drama move, nice victim move, instead of like, <laughs> oh, What's that, you know? And and all this name calling and, oh, you're just a, you know, a perpetual villain. And, blah, blah, blah. and it was so funny to watch as people would use control of judgment to try to keep people from playing on the drama triangle. And I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, bullshit. If they want to be on the drama triangle, let them. If you don't like it, don't watch. It's like being pissed off about somebody puts on their Facebook wall. If you don't like it, don't look. <laughs> Instead of trying to, you know, tell them how they could change it and how they're being negative and how they're poor me and all this stuff, just freaking watch. That's it. Change the screen, <laughs> you know. But uh, being an allowance of people for what they choose, that's you not being on the drama triangle. There is a huge difference. Huge difference. It it's interesting because I'm I'm perceiving um people going into that space of like uh, it's beyond my comprehension what you're talking about. Like they're having the yabats, right? <laughs> the yabats are coming up because they're like, "Wait, how do you I can't dra- when drama has been 24/7 your experience, the idea of not participating and and I'm I'm perceiving that one of the yeah buts is well then then that means I'm cold and uncaring because mm-hmm. I'm not in there trying to help people feel better I'm not in there trying to fix their um, you know their woes and and it is interesting when you can just observe there is you there is there will have to be sort of a willingness to be judged by others who are trying to enlist you back in come on. Get back in here with us. Come on. You used to play this role so well for me. I need you to get back in here so that I can continue to fortify my entity, identity relative to you. And you're just like, mm, no, I'm not. I'm all done with that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. But they will do their damnedest to get you to jump back in, and they might deliver all kinds of judgments at, at you, like you're cold and uncaring. Don't you care anymore? You know, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? With you kids. used to be so... You used to be so blah, 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 and now you just don't even care. 
and they'll push, they'll try and push all your buttons to get you back in. <laughs> yep. So it is, it yeah. is sometimes as we're talking about this, people are just like, I can't even fathom what it would be like to not participate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is an example. This is one of my favorite examples that a friend shared with me when, like, she just had this huge aha. I think this explains what we're talking about, okay, um, at least one aspect of it. So this particular friend was married to a guy, and for whatever reason, he walked in the door and his clothes just went to the floor. He would strip them off. He was a contractor. He'd strip off his clothes. Well, he would then come in the house, and there'd be a pile of clothes by the front door. There'd be clothes in the bathroom. There'd be clothes in the bedroom, and clothes were just everywhere. And she said it was one of the biggest fighting points of their marriage, screaming, yelling, Stop leaving your shit everywhere. I'm tired of it. I'm the one who's cleaned up because you won't clean it up. What the fuck? I mean, we're talking. This was cause for a for divorce from her point of view. Okay. So she goes on, and this story lives for over a decade. This story is told. He laughs every time she tells the story. They're they're divorced, and so on. It moves on. Well, years later, she goes to a birthday party for the kids. And the new wife and he are there, and she starts ragging on him about this story about the clothes and says, does he still do that? And the new wife says, no. And this woman goes to, I yelled, I screamed, I begged him, I threatened him, nothing changed this. How the hell are you not doing this? And he just shrugged. He goes, I don't know, I just don't do it anymore. And she goes to the wife, and she says, what? Did you do? How did you finally convince him to stop doing that? And she looked at it at her and she said, I don't even know why you would fight about that. She said, so are you just his maid? And you see the projection of all the projection of villain and hero and what's going on. And because her point of view was, how do I control him? And this is what the wife said that went, oh, is she was coming at it from how, do, how did you finally control his mess? And the wife turned to her and said, well, all I did was said, this is where I get the laundry from. Anything in here I wash and is clean and ready. If it's not in here, it's not. And she said, he always puts his clothes in the hamper. There's no fight. Because her, her place was, you leave your shit everywhere you want. I won't be doing your laundry. That's fine. She was an allowance of his piles. He Mm -hmm. was the one who had the choice to go, oh, this isn't working for me, really. I'd like my laundry. She's willing to do laundry if it's in here. Shit, I'll put my stuff in here. That's choice. The difference of the other angle was control, control, control. You're not going to make me do your laundry. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to trash the apartment. You're bad. You're a total different place. That's control. That was engaging the the triangle nonstop where the other person was like, well, you can do whatever you want. But I know that when I do laundry, I get it from right here. You want to clean. This is where it is. Ta-da. That's the difference. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it is interesting how we get into these um, patterns and then don't see a different way. Um, we don't, see how we're participating in the drama continuing and we just it's just like we get locked in on uh with the blinders of this is this is how it's been this is how it is and we don't see a different way um i can't tell you how many times over the course of the last (laughs) decade or so I'll be complaining about some situation and that i'm living at the effect of you know blah 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 and this and that and somebody would say well, you could do la la la, and I'll be like, "Oh, never occurred to me as a possibility." <laughs> mm-hmm. If if we are, I mean, I've said this many many times. If we're complaining, there's a desire underneath, and I've never found complaining to be very productive. So I always look at the desire underneath, and then I start actually looking at what can be created based on what I desire. And sometimes we have to ask people to be our allies in that. And it's funny how you think people don't want to help you, but they do. Like there's so almost this intrinsic 
um, people respond to asking for help versus um, demand. If you go mm-hmm. around demanding people to be different and you demand, of, you know, you, you deliver their, your expectation at them, you, do, you deliver your uh, criticism of them, you deliver your, their, your point of view that they're wrong and that they're, um, they're not uh, playing their role, whatever that is, that's the drama triangle. If mm-hmm. you look at, well, what do I really desire to create here? What is it that I really desire? And then you start asking people to be your ally in creating that. It creates a completely different environment, and I'm not saying it works 100% of the time, um, but I have found that to be far more effective than just going around on the triangle demand, being the bully and demanding that everybody comply to my expectations and then criticizing them when they don't. So mm-hmm. it's, worth, it's worth a try to see if something different can be created when you invite people to be allies in what you desire to create. Nice. Yeah. That's not there being on the a triangle. a big difference. Right. And that, to me, is a lot of times why I need to put myself in time out. I need to leave the damn triangle and stop bitching about it and leave it completely. I need to look at my own place. Like, what am I doing here? I know I'm committed to being right about this. I know I feel at the effect of this. I know... You know, all I've got left is bitching because I can't get them to do what I need, and I need what I need. I need different, a different point of view. I've got to take myself out. I've got to put myself in time out from engagement of that thing so I can have a different point of view because I – and truth is, I really do. I go and I ask for different feedback from people that have very differing points of view, even if it's somebody that might tell me I'm wrong. I've got to be willing to see all different angles. To go, hey, okay, well, what else is possible here? What else is possible here? Because is there a conversation that can be had? What awareness is there that is accessible from a different point of view? And these Mm -hmm. things are, it's a trick. It really is a trick. Um, It's a game. But I'm telling you, if anywhere in your life, I don't care if it is at work. I don't care if it's in a marriage. I don't care anything... Anywhere in your life, if you feel that you have no choice and you are at the effect of somebody else, somewhere you have, you are engaged with and believe that you are a victim. Because if you did not have that underlying belief, you would never be the effect of anything. And you would always see things from the vantage point of, I have a choice. And so it, sometimes you do need an outside perspective. That's why coaches exist, right? Like to get different points of view to get at because really if you think that the fight over the laundry is the issue it's not it never is that's a symptom exactly you know the, the somebody not doing their job and pissing you off that is not actually the issue there's something going on underneath in the structure in the operating system yeah. because there are a, a lot of different things that we can do because I have seen people that you would think, oh, my gosh, of course they were the victim of that. And they never, ever, ever get that. They don't buy into that victim thing. And they just don't do it. They never see themselves at the effect of something. They always have a different point of view. And if that, if that is available on the planet anywhere, then it is possible for all of us to choose it. We just, hack, you know, we got to look into, we got to hack it, we got to get under it, see what it is in our operating system that's holding us at the effect of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and thank you for that. Beautifully said. Um, beautifully said. I, I thank you. Uh, what what I recognize is the the control. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, which is we only feel the need to control things when we feel uh, at the effect of them. Our well-being is dependent on controlling this so that I can feel good rather than I feel good and I'm going to participate in life. Mm-hmm. So if, if, I'm, if I've got some level of stress, anxiety, discomfort, whatever, then I've got to go out there and control everything so that I can finally get all the beach balls underwater, hold everything in place, freeze frame it, and be like, okay, now I can breathe. Does that work? Mm-hmm. Does that work? So, right. so everywhere we're trying to control something, it's because – at some fundamental level, we believe ourselves to be victim to circumstance, victim to situation, victim to another person's choice. 
And I see a lot of um, activity in the chat room. This is great, right? I, I love all of the um, uh-huh. the interaction. And there's a lot of like, well, you could you could do this, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. And yes, all of those are viable choices. Everything's a viable choice. And here's what I've seen be most effective: change the energy I'm being. Uh-huh. It's not what you do; it's how you do it. Change the energy I'm being. If I choose to be a different energy, and, and what I wrote in the chat room a little while ago is, this is, you know, the willingness to be vulnerable is what I never, and I do mean never, like I had that absolute in my world, the willingness to be vulnerable is something I would have never chosen for myself. So I I equated vulnerability with victimization. I was like, no, I already feel like I'm at the effect of this, so why why the hell would I be vulnerable? And then they'll just step on me more. I'll just even be more at the effect of this. And that's actually not how it works. And this is the thing is that people people can't fathom when I said I can't they can't fathom this. If if you mm-hmm. actually choose because the thing is what asking for what you want is a vulnerable thing. Asking for other people's help is a vulnerable thing. Do you defend against vulnerability? Do you defend do you defend against asking for help? Just in case somebody yep. might say no. Yep. So so asking for people to be your allies, you know, being willing to paint a, a a picture of a vision of what you desire and share that with somebody else and ask for their help, that's a vulnerable thing. And many of us are like, oh, hell no, I am not going there. Hell, we'll have to freeze over first. <laughs> yep. And the thing is, the thing about this is is you're, you're shifting the energy you're being. Because as soon as you are willing to be vulnerable and ask for help, you have actually stepped into a power position. And that's the mm-hmm. thing that people are like, wait, what? How? Are, excuse me? D- explain that. And here's the thing, because as soon as I'm willing to be vulnerable, I am now stepping off the triangle, the drama triangle, of needing to control the drama triangle, and I'm saying I'm no longer going to be attached to the outcome because my well-being is not dependent upon the outcome. Mm-hmm. This is the whole thing about yep. vulnerability. I'm willing to lean in and choose knowing that my well-being does not depend on what other people choose. I can ask for their help. I can paint a picture of the vision that I desire and and say, hey, guys, want to be my advocate in this, want to be my ally in this, and they can be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> and my well-being is not dependent upon their fuck off or their, sure, sounds great, let's do it. My well-being <laughs> is the same regardless. And that's what I mean by you are now living in power. That's, and that's a place of power when your well-being is not dependent on the situation, circumstances, and people around you and their choices, you are now living in a space of power. If you have to control everybody and everything, that's the space of victim. It's a little bit paradoxical. It ta- and, you know, it's, I can see all the, the heads on the dogs going, oh, oh, what, huh? I don't get it. What? Like, that's not, what? <laughs> it's one of those things that you have to lean into and do a little experimentation and start discovering what would it be like if I just shifted the energy of how I'm being in these situations rather than trying to figure out a solution of what to do to control it even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the what the fuck what? Uh huh. <laughs> is up. Yeah. Huh? It's it's there. It's, is that English? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's what I would, I, here's a game. This is a game I would tell you to go play. Get some friends that are willing to play the game with you, okay? And say, I want to play a game because I want to know how I show up. Don't ask them how you show up. Say, I want to know how I show up. And then play a game and purposely play every role of the triangle. So say, whatever I do, this is kind of an improv thing, whatever I do, you are the villain and you are the hero. I want to see how I play victim. And then start talking about, you know, the color of the sky. Start debating the color of the sky. And you're the victim and somebody's the hero and somebody's the villain. And, and see what falls out of your mouth. Because your auto stuff will start falling out of your mouth, okay? Then switch. 
what happens when you play the hero. And watch when somebody's a villain to a victim. Watch what happens for you. Then switch. Now you play the villain. Play every damn role on the triangle on purpose at choice as you debate or you discuss or you fight about anything. And I'm, I'm telling you this will set you free because you will figure out how you actually show up on the triangle. You will, you'll reveal all the ways, all the key words, that secret word that when it falls out of your mouth, you go, <laughs> I just stepped on the triangle. Hold on. Let me back on, back my ass up. Hold on. Like you'll, you'll figure it out because when you choose it, when you choose it, you reveal to yourself everything you do when you are doing it by default. And you can no longer be in denial about it. It reveals you to you. Play with it. Choose it. Engage with it. This, to me, is this is so fun. I, I love this. I love when we play this game because if I engage with people, okay, so I've got a group of friends, I would gladly play this game 24-7 with them so that I can see, how, you know, how's my victim showing up these days? Like, has she learned any new language? You know, what are my favorite keywords of the villain when I want to be a bitch? Like, what's going on when I want to have power over people? What, come, what shows up now? I haven't done this in a while. I want to find out what I'll do. Who wants to play a game? And to really get in that space of giving ourselves, being allowance, give ourselves permission to choose to play these roles and see what we learn about ourselves. Because the moment you know it's a conscious thing, you can no longer pretend you don't know. That's it. And then you get to be at choice. Da-da-da-da. Empowerment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, you know, and then if you want to just keep functioning the way you've always functioned and do what you've always done and be the energy you've always been and control everything the way you've always controlled it, then you can enjoy it. <laughs> That's the difference. You can enjoy right, actually, it. Actually, yeah, here's the secret. If you like what you're doing, this will actually increase your skills of doing it. Yeah. You're welcome. It will increase your, increase your enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll get better at it. You'll enjoy it more. Gosh, you might even become a master at it. How much fun yeah. could you have with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. This is, I'm having this deja vu moment. I'm like, did we talk about this on the show or did I have a conversation with somebody else in a different place in time? Um, I think it was when we were talking about manipulation and how um, – my, cause, cause I've shared, my father was the, was the bully. He, he primarily played the, um, the villain and the perpetrator and the, and the bully on the triangle. And that's what he did. He just bullied all of us in the family to comply with his demands. And so that's what I learned. I looked at my mother and I was like, oh, weak, has no control of anything, doormat. And I was like, yeah, not going to be like her. Well, my, my dad, even though his methods are, um, what I would what I would have considered at the time as cruel, even though his methods were cruel, he seems to be able to get what he wants. So I guess I'll be more like my dad. And not like I ever sat down and had that actual conversation with myself. It was just like, here are my two evils to choose from. Which one am I going to choose? Okay, dad seems to have more impact in the world and effect. I'll be like him. So that's where I picked up my bully. And that's what I would do. And I realized it wasn't very effective and as I started shifting the energy I was being, when I really was like, okay, I'm willing to give this a try. I'm willing to experiment with it. And I started shifting the energy I was being. You know that silly little phrase where you get more with honey than you do with vinegar or whatever that, I can't even remember what it was. And I actually was like, this, this uh, mode of operating, which is you know domineering and controlling, isn't really getting me anywhere. What if I try a little allowance and kindness? And lo and behold, I was amazed at what that started creating in my world. But I had to be willing to experiment. I had to be willing to give up the need to be um, um, seen as you know strong and fakely powerful because <laughs> it wasn't really a place of power. Um, control isn't really a place of power. People perce- people often perceive it that way, but it's a false sense of power. Um, 
I had to be willing to be like, okay, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to give up that, continue to fortify that need to be perceived that way and start showing up differently, starting showing up at a different energy and see what that creates. And I am a believer at this point, now having done enough experimentation in my life to see what kindness and allowance creates and going, holy cow, this creates so much more than I ever could have imagined than, de- that, than critical demand ever created. Going around critically demanding everybody to do what I wanted them to do, and like that, that was pretty horrific and pretty. It was a, it was a lot of drama on the triangle. Drama, 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 drama. A lot of volatility, a lot of upset. And when I said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start experimenting with being a different energy of allowance and kindness, especially mm-hmm. with myself," started with myself. Whole new world, a whole new world. Um, showed up around me. And this was the amazing thing because I used to believe that the world was filled with contempt and and disdain and criticism and judgment and meanness, unkindness, all of that stuff. I was like, the world is a horrible place and I don't even want to be in it. When I changed my energy, when I changed the energy with which I related to others, Suddenly, I wasn't in a contemptuous, disdainful, critical, judgmental world anymore. I was in a much kinder world full of invitation and possibility and allowance. And I was like, wait, holy shit. The energy that you be actually creates your reality? Uh Uh-huh. It actually does. The energy you be actually creates your reality. When you're being an energy of fight and demand and all of those things, you get it right back. You get it right back. When you be a different energy, suddenly there's a different world that is show that that you live in around you. The world didn't change. I did. I did. Powerful. Yep. That and that's the big piece. Powerful. True power. It is. I think that the energy we be is, is act like a filter for everything. If you be the energy of allowance, everything coming from you to the world, coming from the world to you goes through that energy. Like it's your magic filter. If you're the victim, everything you do and everything you receive, everything you get, everything you give goes through the filter of, of the victim. And when you realize that and you realize how much you're like, six layers removed, wanting to change a situation that you don't like, you're, it's like you're trying to, you know, put a Band-Aid energy, and it doesn't need a Band-Aid. It's the energy that will change everything. And so here's another thing of, you know, if you're in the energy of judgment, and if you're, that energy is of right or wrong or good or bad, if you have that energy of conclusion, and that's how you see the world, you are hearing everything we say about the drama triangle from a place of, okay, so that's bad. Now I need to do what's good. Okay, that's mm-hmm. wrong. Now I'm going to know what to do that's right. And you're seeking for the conclusion of your filter. That's what's fucking up life. It's not the drama triangle. <laughs> it's actually the energy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it is amazing how this impacts the world. So, so right now, okay, I'm checking the time here. We have, you know, just under 10 minutes or 11 minutes left of the show, okay? Now, what if you just take a breath and just look at the drama triangle, and it's not bad or good. It's not wrong or right. Just a choice. What can you learn about yourself and the energy you be on the planet by looking at the triangle and seeing what it is that goes on in your life with no judgment. What will change about your awareness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I still, I still have conversations with people occasionally who, um, who will really defend their right to judge. Um, I, I've shared before that when I was younger, I was proud of the fact that I judged myself more than other people did. I was like, it was preemptive judgment. I'm like, no, 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 I got this handled. I got it. Like, don't worry. I'll judge myself more than you ever could. 
I was so proud of my ability to preemptively judge so that I could just, you know, take that off the plate of anyone else who was thinking they needed to. I got it. Don't worry. That's how embedded judgment was in my operating system and my orientation. Embedded. To say that you can live free from judgment after being that embedded in judgment, yep, you totally can. However, if you're going to defend, you know, argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours, one of my favorite quotes, if you're going to go into defense of of the rightness of your judgment, and one of the shows we did a long time ago about judgment, I mean, that's it. Everything stops. The moment you say, um, yeah, I, I judge myself about everything, uh, and you defend the right to do that, there's, no, there's nothing more to talk about. There's absolutely nothing more to talk about. If I ever encounter a potential client who is going to defend their right to judge themselves, I actually uh-huh. tell them that there's no point in working with me. There's actually no point in working with me because as long as you are that invested in holding on to judgment with that much uh, ferocity, nothing can change. You are locking yourself into a... Um, a straitjacket of magnitude that you will never allow anything to change. Yep. I know that we bring judgment. Yep, we're choosing it. I know we bring judgment into the conversation a lot because it is, we make it the God of our experience. We believe that we are so nothing in the face of it. I'm nothing in the face of judgment. I don't have any capacity to choose something different in the face of judgment. It's got a hold of me. It does until you say, enough. I'm done. I'm going to choose another experience. I am not going to make judgment the greatest source of my experience. Mm. Yep. Oh, yeah. It is so, um, gosh, it's, it sounds so big and like, okay, that's a great idea, but I don't know what to do. Give me the steps. And I get that. But when you, when you can really listen, what's your orientation? What is the energy of everything you're doing? And recognize that that is, that's there. And you may have decided it got put there by your life events. That's you holding yourself hostage to it. That's you. That's not anybody else. You do get to decide this. You do get to you get to choose what is the energy you want to be. Who do you want to be? What's your orientation? How are you going to you know be your beingness in the world? Because that determines everything you do how you experience anything, all the interpretations, what you think, what you believe, that's a determining factor. And a lot of people come to, you know, coaching or they go to a workshop because they want to fix a problem. Fixing a problem is, if, so you fix the problem. What created the problem has not been addressed. Getting back to the energy, getting back to the orientation of how you are engaging with life will change everything, not just the problem. And and that is why I do think, I mean, you know, tooting our own horn, but this is why I think that coaches exist, is to look under the problem. I can remember I was, I was I met a lady. It was great. We were at a dinner party years ago, and I this lady was talking about how bad her life sucked, and she didn't know what I did for a living, or she didn't know, you know, who I was or anything. We just met, and going on and on and on and on and on, everybody's validating it, and on and on and on, and she, and, um, so we make it around the table and somebody, now they introduce me and I get introduced. Her eyes go huge. And she goes, oh, I want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. Thought it'd be interesting. So later it's just herself and a couple other people. And she is bragging to them that she was telling her life coach her latest update of the tale of woes. And she said, even my life coach said, well, at that point, girl, you need to pack a bag and just move to Mexico and get the hell out of Dodge. I don't know how you're going to deal with all these problems. And she was bragging about it. I laughed because I was thinking the life coach was 
you know, serious. And she said, yeah, we get, we get on. I tell her my problems and she just, she tells me, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I'm like, this is your life coach validating how horrible your life sucks. This is awesome. And so I just sat there quiet. She goes, so tell me, what would you say? I said, well, I don't do coaching at dinner parties, but what I tell you first is fire your life coach. I'm not here to buy into your story. If you want to choose your story, it's awesome. Do not hire us. <laughs> We're not the ones. Yeah. Who, apparently, there is one who will validate you out there. And she will, you know, like revel in the misery, and that's okay. There's somebody for everybody in the world, right? That's the way I see it. <laughs> that's not what we do. <laughs> that's not who we are anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh- and I, I think for me, it's um, it's it's a bit personal, frankly. Like, I lived as that, ex- like, the extreme victim. I mm-hmm. annihilated my choice by believing that judgment was greater than me. And I lived in that dungeon of despair for decades. And I now know what's possible when I claim that inherent power. Um, and you don't eat the elephant one bite at a time. I mean, you don't eat the elephant all at once. You eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? This doesn't happen all at once. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are looking for the magic pill, right? Just like in, you know, if I, I, I just looking for the magic pill, just give me the magic pill so that all this is going to change in one fell swoop. That's abdicating yep. again your choice <laughs> and saying, you know, make a pill responsible for my experience instead of saying this is this is how. I mean, if if there's a how to it, there's lots of ways, but you must begin to acknowledge your inherent power, even in the smallest of ways. So every single time you make a choice, then you're beginning to activate and amplify that superpower of choice. So it's practice. It's the daily practice of I'm not going to live at the effect of judgment anymore. I'm making that com- that commitment to myself that I'm not going to live at judge- the effect of judgment every- anymore. And every time I notice myself, you know, buying into the judgment and believing it's real and living at the, you know, go, woe is me and living at the effect of it, it's like, nope, not going to choose that today. Just for today, mm-hmm. not going to choose it. And then the next day, just for today, not going to choose it. And that is how slowly, I mean, it doesn't have to be slow. You can choose this fast. Mm-hmm. Over time, you begin to recognize, wow, everything I used to believe was horseshit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly you're liberated from it, seemingly suddenly, even though you've been choosing it you know, for days, weeks, months, years. You're liberated from it, and you think to yourself, how did I ever live like that before? Doesn't even mm. seem real. Yep. Yeah, this is all about you choosing you. You choosing you, that's all it is. And mm-hmm. there's a lot to it. We know, we, you know, as this show comes to an end, I am so glad that we opened up these great big can of worms of the drama yeah. triangle. And next week, the good news is next week, we're going to start a new series. And it is all about breaking up without having to make anything wrong. And so we're going to break up with a whole lot of shit. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, we are going into next week and we're breaking up with the victim and hero and villain and being wrong and being right. So buckle up, Buttercup. Next week's going to be a big one. We're so glad you're here. This is going to be fun. What would it be like to actually say goodbye and let something go without having to make it wrong? That's what we're curious about. Hope you'll come play with us, Tamara. Thanks for another great week. And on to, we're getting closer and closer to the 100 show mark. So, excited. What are we going to create next week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. The weeks to come are going to uh-huh. be, woohoo! another continuation of this wild ride. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, me too. All right. Oh, join us next week here on Seducing Aliveness. I'm Jen Halterman with Tamara Yonker. Oh, with Tamara Yonker. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.